to Bickering Peaks with your hosts, Aiden and Lindsay. So starting at the very beginning. At the very beginning. Uh, with, with episode five of season yes. two, The Orchid's Curse. Yes, which I'm going to give you the oh German. Oh, God. Because I love it, even though you hate it. Where is this thing? No, I don't hate it. I just hate your pronunciation of it. Yeah, that too. Der Fluch der Orchiden. Hey, that's I don't think that's terrible. all what it says. Der Fluch, der Fluch der Orchiden? <laughs> Orchiden? No. Yeah, so that's the German. Uh, and this... <laughs> I don't think that's German. <laughs> okay. Our German friends listening in... Obviously, again, will... apologize every episode because this is this is really a bastardization of language. Um, so what else about this? When did it air? Who directed? What are the dates? Uh, it was written by Barry Pullman, directed by Graham Clifford. It aired on October 27th, 1990. It's actually quite a um, spooky episode for right before Halloween. I guess. Yeah, there's some spooky. It's also funny. There's a lot of funny parts in this episode, especially yeah. the first half. Really? The first half is quite funny, and then you get in some more of the, uh, the dramatic There's some moments. funniness. I didn't, I, didn't, oh. I didn't get the laugh out loud factor that you seem to have from this. So. Okay. But anyway. So let's start with... Uh, right at the very beginning. Yes, with the log lady. With the log lady. Who really doesn't make any sense in this? No, this is one we really we just spent a couple seconds here thinking <laughs> a about. Couple seconds. Yeah, well, well, no, we've been thinking about much. it for a little while, but it it doesn't really seem to match up with um, much that goes on in the, in episode. the episode. The very first line: "Sometimes nature plays tricks on us, and we imagine we are something other than what we truly are." I think that's something that comes up again and again in Twin Peaks, yeah. but especially in this episode and. Specifically, I think with what's happening with Donna Hayward and her relationship with Harold, which mm. which seems to be like she's she's projecting something that she's not necessarily. See, I have a lot of questions about Donna's so do I. thing in this episode, her participation with Harold. I think that that quote uh, applies more to Nadine, if anything. She's okay, she's but really Nadine delusional. has like thirty seconds in this episode, I know, so I don't see I why know, they no. do vote. How do I? This we that's why we both looked at this and we're like, uh, okay. But I mean, it what? could it could play into some larger part of the mythology of the show, like you mentioned with Mike and Bob well, yeah, and yeah, um, schizophrenia is kind of applied there. Yeah, because yeah. they mentioned the log lady mentions this uh, the case of the two headed schizophrenic, which. Um, Thought he was killing one person and he killed himself. Right, yeah, so. right, which doesn't really have a, a lot of bearing, but sort of represents maybe in a sense Harold as well. Yeah, he, well, you he know, has who has mental health issues. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's a bit of a stretch. We didn't. It's not schizophrenia, but no, it's no. you know, yeah. and we do we do have hints of schizophrenia coming up in in future episodes. With, yes, uh, with Philip Gerard. Yes, the uh, Mike. The Mike character. Yes, Mike conduit so but we'll get there uh, yeah. that's not quite this episode but anyway the log lady yeah interesting interesting character interesting thing so we have a date of march 7th 1989 which is when this is taking Set, place within yes the show. and that's mentioned in one of the actual scenes well a it's date. yes and and also by cooper who says yeah. this he spent 12 days now yeah. in twin peaks which really when you step back and look at it it's that's a pretty compressed timeline for yeah for, <laughs> for the know, amount of stuff that's happened the, yeah, yeah i mean yeah <laughs> It fits in with the with the general soap opera esque yeah. storylines that we've it, got yeah. in the feel of the show, but yeah, it's uh, it's, it's only been thirteen episodes yep. that we've been that we've been here. So, so. all right. So, first scene. Yes, I thought this was really interesting because, and Aiden, you didn't really pick up on this. Maybe we can talk about it here. Sure. I just kind of threw this out at you as we were watching, and, it, and you no looked at me like I was about, yeah. like I was a two headed schizophrenic, but. 
uh, it's morning at the Great Northern, and there's this beautiful purple sky rising yes. over over the lodge, over the hotel. That's the first shot, yeah. And purple is not a color that we've seen very often. There's lots of the, these warm reds and the, the greens, the cool steel colors that we've had, like the mm-hmm. sky and the rain and the fog. and. Yeah. And the browns um, of the browns, the woods yeah, but yeah. but we haven't seen purple, and and I thought, okay, this is interesting. Like I, I just immediately clued in on this because it was or honed in on this, I guess, because it was so, um, so different, different than anything that we've seen. And I thought, I mean, for those of you who have read the Secret History of Twin Peaks, this is spelled out very explicitly in the book that red and blue represent two sides of your uh, perception. That one of them represents intuition and the other one represents logic. Oh, is that from Dr. Jacoby's book? Yes, it's from it's it's Dr. Jacoby's oh, yeah. notes, and that's why he wears the red and blue glasses. Yeah, polarized glasses. Um, yeah. And uh, that's not a spoiler for the book. No. As far as I can tell. Yeah, anyway, maybe. Who knows? Maybe but, it is. Yeah. But anyway, I just thought it was interesting that all of a sudden we have this red and blue making purple in the sky above the Great Northern, where we we zoom in on Cooper's room, and he's waking up and practicing some headstands against the wall as part of his yogic discipline that he's trying mm-hmm. to, to do to uh, get his pain, pain yeah. from... Because from, remember, he's only been shot like five days ago. Yep. I don't think he'd be doing headstands if he was shot in the stomach five mm, days ago. But probably not. He's only talking about some slight rib pain, yeah. but anyway. Um, and as he's doing this headstand, he starts talking about... Mind becoming porous. Today's tasks coming into focus. Objects growing clearer. It was like this light bulb went off, and I was like, oh my god. So he's combining like his logic and his intuition, the purple sky, and, and he's he's seeing this note that he's forgotten, and yeah. then we have the, the narrative thrust for this episode. I don't know. Maybe there's nothing to that, but I just thought it was interesting. Aiden, you've got me stuck on these shots now because it's all you ever talk about. No, I'm uh, taking over your role. Yeah, there you go. No, and I, I've forgotten that quote completely from the book. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's what Cooper does best, right? Mm-hmm. He he combines uh, different ways of knowing, I would say. Yeah. To to get to the to the heart of the matter, so that makes I, sense. I I also thought it was interesting, um, just not from the episode necessarily, but um, I've heard and read some somewhere. I'll try and find the link. But that David Lynch had a very, very strict policy of nothing blue mm-hmm. being allowed That's what she said, yeah. as a prop or a costume design or anything in the show unless it was, like, it, it had to have special significance if it was blue. That was the, the thrust of what I was getting at or what I got from this from this quote. And it's interesting that um, the only two characters so far that I can think of who wear blue are Cooper and the Log Lady. The Log Lady wears some blue, but yep. Cooper always has his blue pajamas on. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. No, so, true. I mean, yeah. if that means something to anybody, Let or us if know. they want <laughs> yeah, if, if you want to take yeah. this somewhere, I'm not going to do it right now on the air because I've, you know, it's late. In the evening, yeah. I'm a little tired. No, and this is yeah, <laughs> it's well, who knows where it could go? I mean, yeah. it comes up in Fire Walk with me for sure. The the blue rose is kind of uh, very well, and and yeah, there's almost, yeah. there's lots of stuff with yeah. blues. Yeah. Questions in a world of blue. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, things things it, color is definitely 
as we've noted before, it's it's used to great effect. And I and I think that's interesting that it's this is not a, a David Lynch episode, but no. But here we have some interesting color play within the first five minutes of the show. So yeah, yeah, or of no, the episode. Sure. So yeah. yeah. And my only note, I thought this was part of the funny part. Apparently, really? he didn't think so. He's like Diane. I am now upside down as he stand <laughs> as does his headstand. Like it's just some funny little one-liners in that. Those pajamas isn't. are. Yeah, yeah, and those pajamas are just funny on their own, so. I like those pajamas. With the hair flip added, yeah. Well, the hair flip is pretty pretty great. Yeah, sure. Although, he really should be washing his hair before yeah, he goes to yeah. bed. The poor people who have to wash be, those pillowcases uh, with uh, all that brill cream. Yeah, it's something. Um, oh. So, from there, uh, so he picks up the notes, yes. says, oh, yes, I know where Audrey's going, when I jacks. Yes. He deduces that. And then we cut to the uh, sheriff station. station and Hawk enters, gives a bit of an update again. He's kept looking into this uh, house, lake the, house. Yeah, the, the white house that was next door to the Palmer residence at, yeah. on Black Lake. And he says... Or on Pearl Lake, sorry. Nobody remembers anybody that looks well, the, like the, Bob. The people who lived there were two old school teachers. And and he said that, yeah, he, that he could Neither, not find anything yeah, to do with Robertson or yeah. anything. Yeah going back several years. So Truman kind of sets him back on the hunt for the one-armed man. After he goes pee, him. poor Hawk yeah. drank three pots of chamomile tea. So it was funny, too. It, it was, was funny. It was, it was a couple pretty funny. But... And then Lucy, also hilarious, uh, over-explains where she's going. <laughs> so Lucy's leaving the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've called in a temp who's going to help out, but doesn't show up. Yeah, she's a can-do girl. And I love this little <laughs> quote that, that Lucy has as she's leaving. Because she gives this, this, like Aiden said, just an over-explanation of what's going on, where she's going, what she she wants to stay behind for a little bit until the can-do girl Truman comes. just like, no, no, go, we got this, it's fine. But she says, sometimes a can-do girl's can. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's just yeah. really cute because it's it like, yeah, yeah, it's Lucy. Um, so then and Coop- Cooper arrives, yeah. Cooper arrives, yeah, and he just explains, or he tells Truman, we're not going through with the plan for delivering the money because he now knows where Audrey is, so they can go get her. Yeah. Um, so from there we go to... La Casa de Johnson. Yes. Um, where a man... Is it Mr. Pinkle? Pinkle or Pinker? Or Pinker or Pinko? Pinky? Pinker? I don't know. Something anyway. Like and we don't even know... Well, he's, he, I don't think is. he's the insurance guy. He must be some kind of like insurance or a healthcare salesman. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's really odd. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and basically the, the just... I mean, it's, a, it's kind of another... This was a scene that was put in there to be funny. It's all about this hoist that they've, they're, they want to install for Leo... Um, yeah, like a lift mechanism to get him from his chair into his bed. Into his bed and stuff, yeah, or wherever they need to put him, really. Um, and it's it's kind of silly. Like, Bobby's in this thing, and the machine won't work, and then the he it, the guy gets to work for like a second and he almost like scares Bobby and she yeah, really freaks yeah. out. It's it's kind of a it's kind of an odd scene. But it also sets up the the fact that this money that um Bobby this, was so counting yeah, on. Yeah, Bobby and, and Shelly were both counting on but what was it? $5,000 a, a month or something. something. Yeah. Um this is the best that they can do be and the, and this guy explains that after insurance takes their cut and well, you after know, he takes his and his and cut he's like we have very little money left. Um, so clearly the money that, that they're counting on is not going to stretch as far as they hoped. No. So they're left with this pretty medieval-looking contraption that's yeah. supposed to give Leo some kind of mobility or, or you know. And it's 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 kind of inhumane in a sense, which, I mean, I didn't really notice that until, like, later watches. When I first watched it, I was like, well, Leo's got what's coming to him. He's going to be in this contraption and... 
well, if it whacks him against the wall, and yeah, so be it. He, he deserves, deserves it. Yeah. But, but you know, I'm 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 a little older now. I'm a little wiser. <laughs> I think it's just in an episode full of things that are kind of you know cruel, cruelty to people with disabilities or with mental health concerns. I it it, it this just stands out to me. I mean, and it, I, to me, it really kind of it was a weird scene because it. it it kind of fits the Twin Peaks tone, but it also introduced this weird slapstick element to it that, right. you know, really was just Andy's purview so far. Yeah, um, and I think that's a sign of where things are, are headed with yeah. this season. Because, yeah, slapstick's easy to recreate, right? And, yeah. and like, whenever Lynch uses it, it's too... He, he overdoes it. Like, when Andy well, gets whacked in the face with the But it's, it serves a purpose, board. too. Exactly. There's a reason it, it for it. It reveals something further, usually. This is just... Comedy for comedy's sake. Yeah. yeah, and I think this is this is a case of um, new directors or directors who are not Lynch slash Frost. Um, and writers. Yeah, and yeah. writers getting getting kind of caught up in in trying trying to to Lynchify yeah, an a, episode, an episode or a scene or something. Um, which we were we actually just recently were talking with um one of the one of our listeners on Twitter about this mm-hmm. and how um. Uh, Mark Frost and David Lynch both seem to tap into this ability to to capture something with the oddity that they put into the episodes. But but these guest, I, I hesitate to call them guest directors and writers because well, they are the writers and they are yeah, the directors and this is their episode. But it seems it almost seems like they're trying to outdo Lynch mm-hmm. slash Frost. Well, or even just get to his level i mean it's it's really he's yeah like we've cited so many times before Mm -hmm. he's really hard to emulate and yeah this is one of the instances where it is it seems seems a little bit like it falls short it doesn't feel like twin peaks at this point no but yeah but anyway it does set up it does set up what's coming with yeah with with their their plot lines yeah. yeah yeah um from there we go to the roadhouse which is where a lot of scenes actually take place in the roadhouse there's a there's a bunch of uh legal uh courtroom scenes that are coming up Mm -hmm. that that happen and I, I thought this was fun too. We've talked about this in previous episodes where um, all of these settings and backdrops tend to play double roles, just yep. like most of what you see in Twin Peaks. There's a dual role for everything. The Roadhouse is a bar, uh, and it's also a courtroom. The courtroom. So, which um, I thought was kind of fun, and it does look like a courtroom. Like the, <laughs> at one point, you see um, one of the. I think it's it's the prosecutor. It's somebody. It's one of the lawyers standing there in front of an unlit Miller Lite sign or yeah. something. And it's just like yeah. little hints of, of yeah. what, or the judge who goes over to the bar. And yeah, orders a that's drink where he does there. his deliberations. Yeah, at the bar. so yeah. It's, it's, it, that is kind of a fun little touch that yeah. making use of these sets and, and the location yeah. and adding these little touches it, is yeah. fun. Yeah, so, so the first one is uh, Leland's uh, pretrial hearing for bail. Um, and which, and just to touch on what you were just saying, mm-hmm. uh, how they use that set, it's kind of interesting because Leland's kind of looking back at Sarah and Sarah's kind of looking at him. But there's a pillar. a pillar. Yeah, yeah, it's like there's a pillar right in the middle of them and they have to like look around it. And it's, it's I, don't, I don't really know exactly what well, they're going for. But we, we've talked again in previous episodes about how there seems to be a little bit of a divide between Leland mm-hmm. and Sarah. So I think that might be just a visual a visual cue that that these two are not as connected as... 
maybe we might expect them to be yeah. going through what they're going through. I mean, Sarah is making an effort to try and see him and try and, and connect and when, with him. He looks visually. back around for her, too. Sure, but, but there is this physical obstacle in yeah. the way, and yeah. it's a little bit of... Yeah. I, I don't I don't know. It's 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 a, it's not foreshadowing. It's backshadowing. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just <laughs> it's playing with yeah, it's giving a visual element yeah. to an emotional state, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I thought yeah. that was that was kind of fun. And also with the way that Andy, um, who we've seen previously <laughs> has a, a a knack for drawing yeah. or artistry, he's doing this courtroom sketch of Leland, but it's like from a what back he can see. Three quarter turn, <laughs> back three quarter profile. Yeah, of, he's behind him, so he what he saw and yeah. it's like his back profile yeah, but it's so totally obscured and it's, it's useless it's, yeah and mm. I mean even uh, Truman Sheriff Truman says maybe you want to try a little bit more front, face next, next time, time or a little bit more front next time or whatever it is and, <laughs> and uh, just, he's yeah, like yeah it's a good idea but it's interesting that, that again just there's an obscured look at yeah. what what's happening what's going here. on yeah um now, the other interesting thing for me is this one in this scene is uh, Truman giving a speech to defend mm-hmm. Leland um, because he, he relies on a lot of like small town, the things Trope that, songs. yeah, yeah. And, and things that, that really kind of lent to Laura's murder, like, like in, in roundabout ways, like the fact that, oh, everybody knows this guy and he's a pillar of the community and his every, family's yeah, been, his here, family's for been here forever. Years. It's like, well, yeah, okay, but I mean that stuff all applied to Laura too, and she was still murdered. Like it's not, it's kind of those, uh, those kind of yeah, cliche small town things that really Twin Peaks is all about subverting, really. Right. Um, and it, I guess it's well, in character for Truman because he is kind of the small town defender. But sure, and and I mean I've 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 watched a, a recent interview with him where he says that he was always the he always considered himself to be the designated driver of Twin Peaks, like all these people careening around town yeah. drunk or under the influence of something and he's yeah. the designated driver but i think he's driving in the wrong lane here because yeah. it's like leland did murder someone yeah he confessed like he to murder somebody. so i mean granted this is only a bail hearing so i'm sure that this is you know if it can't when it comes down to the actual trial truman is not going to stand up and say well you know joshua palmer built the town 75 years ago therefore leland should not go to jail for yeah. murder but in terms of, of, you know, being released on his own recognizance, which he eventually is, um, it's not it's not a huge stretch of the imagination yeah. to say, here's a guy who is so well-known, he's going to be noticed if he goes if missing. He's missing yeah. Which is ironic, considering that Laura had so many problems and the people turned a blind eye to it. Yeah. Audrey well, was missing for two or three days yeah. before anybody noticed. Like, so maybe they aren't the best town to police themselves no that that's maybe really... maybe twin peaks needs uh an fbi <laughs> field <laughs> office just on stand just someone to to watch out for them at all times not I, cooper because cooper's so it. involved already <laughs> exactly we need someone like uh, albert they need an albert yeah yeah to just set up shop <laughs> downtown yeah you know so but anyway also appearing in this scene shortly is uh ben uh, Horn, who's yeah. just on the periphery, kind of tossing nuts into his mouth as he's watching, yeah. and then he leaves as soon as he finds out that Leland's getting bail. Right. And Lindsay and I both kind of looked at each other why like, is "Why he is there? he there?" And we both kind of think, "Oh, well, maybe he's checking on something because he wants to know how murder proceedings go." You know? Well, like, yeah. Or you know, I mean, they've already, they've been setting him up as a potential a potential killer for Laura's. Yeah. For a while now. You, that was really awkward the way you said that. Yep, that really was. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, Laura's. 
Murderer, potentially. Yeah, potentially Laura's murderer. He's been uh, set up for for a while, yeah. And yeah. and so for him to be there is not quite a stretch, but... Well, I mean, yeah, he knows the family and everything, sure, but he seems so disinterested. And then as soon as Leland gets bail, he... And the he camera gets, focuses on him, too. Yeah. So they want you to see that he's there, and they want you to know that he's leaving yeah. at this particular moment. So it's it. I think it goes beyond just uh, client concern for yeah, or, or setting up Ben's character. I think you really are supposed yeah. to be suspicious of why he's there. Of course. So, yeah. Um, okay. So next we Harold. go. Harold and Harold Boring Smith. Tits. That's and Boring Tits? Yeah, I just, that's what I'm calling Donna this episode. <laughs> and it's not fair because Donna does, actually, this is one of my favorite Donna episodes, I yeah. have to say. Like, when she gives the speech near the end, yeah, we'll yeah. get there. But uh, I really liked it. Um, so she's there. She brings him his meal. <laughs> And, <laughs> yep. And uh, and then and she basically propositions him. Yeah, like, well, right off the bat. okay. So remember in the in the previous episode, she and Maddie are are making a plan to get the the secret diary back that Harold has, and so this is Donna's grand plan. She wants to. What does she say? She's she's she'll, gonna, she'll make a trade or something. Yeah, right? she's like, trade. I'll give you my story for your novel if you. Uh, let me read Laura's secret diary. Right. Or if and you give me the diary and he says, I'll read it to you. Like a creepy fuck face. Yeah. <laughs> it's my notes, sorry. And then... Um, Seriously? You actually wrote that? Yeah. Uh, oh, he did. So Look at creepy fuck face. <laughs> it's right there. Well, he is. He's just so creepy in this whole... Anyways. Uh, so... He won't He won't let the diary leave his house. Yes. And I thought that was, again, just bringing up how unlawful that is. Like, this could be evidence well, in a murder investigation. And here's something I hadn't thought of. All episodes that Harold's been in so far, because because um, I, I, he's a, he's a shut-in. Mm-hmm. So I never thought that potentially he could have been Laura's murderer. Right. Which, I mean, if anybody has a great alibi, it's the guy who literally can't leave his house. If, you know, he has some sort of, like, schizophrenia or something like sure. that, and he has a second personality that takes over and doesn't have agoraphobia, mm-hmm. he can go out there and murder people, right? Like, sure. And he had motive. Like, he, he loved Laura, and, and he's he obviously had a fascination with And he's being super creepy with this diary, and, and we don't know what's in the diary. We just know that, that he's being incredibly protective of it. So, I mean, why is that? Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, Donna going over there and putting herself in this position, it's dumb as fuck. Well, like, that's just stupid. Yeah, dumb Donna. tits maybe would have been better. Dumb tits but, instead of boring tits. Yeah. But it's stupid. And and the fact that she hasn't yet gone to the police, that she's still, I keep saying she's Nancy during this, but she is. Yeah. You know, she just wants to solve this herself. And she's she's going about it in much the same way that Audrey did in, in season one you know, making these really rash decisions um, that lead her into direct danger, which we see in at the end of this episode. So um, I'm not really sure. It just, it's, it's, it's a supremely discomforting yes. scenario. Yes, to the see. whole experience is, yeah. And on top of all of that, there's a mutual attraction between Harold yes. and Donna, which becomes very evident. In, well, it, it's it's in overt this in this in episode. Yeah. So um, there's manipulation going both ways. Donna's manipulating Harold, who clearly has, you know, mental illness or yeah, I mean, a mental health. I mean, yeah, agoraphobia may not be... Like, the it's not something thing, that not, like, impacts him all the time. It's literally just when he gets But there upset, might be more than that, too, exactly, right? Yeah. So, and, and Donna doesn't know. She doesn't seem to care. She only, no. she's single-minded in this pursuit, trying well, to find out what... okay. Slight variation on that, because at the end of this scene, she proves not to be. 
but we'll, we'll get there right away. When he opens the, he does open the tray to, or the hidden Yeah, he has a hidden, a hidden shelf on his book, on his bookshelf. Yeah, and I noticed there were tons of books there. So, I mean. I think some of them might be empty notebooks. Yeah, well, too, he, because he pulls out a new, a new empty one to start for Donna's mm-hmm. stories that he's going to record. But at the same time, I was also thinking, like, what? Does he have more stories? Like, are there other women there? I mean, Teresa Banks. Again, this episode really clued in for me that maybe they were also setting up Harold as the killer. I really sure. didn't occur to me, but um, it's the, there's a possibility there. Sorry, did you have one? No, I, I just wanted to say, um, because, yeah, Donna Donna does start telling her story, and and just to come back to this manipulation, um, she asks about Harold's upbringing and his childhood, yeah. and he seems almost... Taken aback. Yeah, huh? like shocked, but maybe also a little bit touched yeah. that she cares. And he mentions that he grew up in Boston, but really he grew up in books. Yeah. And they have this little back and forth, and it's all a setup for um, for Donna to... To grab the... Yeah, the, like Harold lets his guard down because Donna's buttering him up, yeah. almost. That's how I read it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And And then she grabs the book and she runs outside with it, which is just so exceedingly cruel to someone that you know... Well, I mean, she doesn't know the Ill. extent of it, right? No. She just knows he doesn't like to go outside, but, but she's she never seen it. She doesn't action. have the suspicion that he murdered her, I don't think. I don't think so. So there's no reason, there's nothing to justify such an extreme move. And then when she does go outside and he comes out after her, he shakes, his hand starts to shake mm. and he falls to the floor well, or falls yeah, to the ground and, and it's almost like he has a seizure or something. Yeah. So, and, and she immediately feels bad about this. Well, and that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. She's not that single-minded. Like, she could have just taken it and ran literally outside. And, like, as soon as she sees him on the ground, just... Taken bail. off. Bail, yeah. But she doesn't. She, well, she no, she's not a bitch. And, but... and she gives him back the diary and he sure. kind of clutches it. But it, it just begs so many questions. Like, what is going on here? What is Harold's story? What is his involvement? Why is he so protective of this diary? Mm-hmm. Um, why is Donna doing what she's doing to this person that she barely well, knows she and she admits that she likes. Yeah. I and mean, she really wants the diary. And if she really wanted the diary, why didn't she run with it? So, I mean, or it... throw it, yeah, shove him back inside. And whatever. Then. <laughs> like, there's... I mean, it, it's it's all leading up to this finale for the two of them, but... Yeah. Well, the three of them when you throw Maddie into the yeah. mix. But, yeah, it it's it's a weird... It's a weird plot line. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable. It's not... No, it's, it's not, not... Yeah. Yeah. Although it, it does, the tension is nice in this episode. It mm-hmm. comes to a good a good head here. Um, should we move on? Yeah. All right. So we go back to the uh, the bar slash courtroom. Yeah. Uh, where there is a nice, very lovely uh, printed portrait of Leo about four feet by four feet. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> it's huge. And I don't know who printed that. Just because they're, they're trying, in, <laughs> trying him in absentia. I don't know if that's a requirement. <laughs> I haven't been in a courtroom since that one time that we went for that traffic thing. Yeah, we, saw that we were car witnesses. Accident. Yeah, that's not the same. There was, there was, there no, was no big no printout of, of the, the car the, the or the person the, who was driving it. The X bumper that yeah. was ruined. Yeah. But anyway, uh, uh, so there's yeah. a picture of Leo. There's also Van Dyke Parks, which I wanted to bring yeah. up. I, I I notice this every time, but I I just it's kind of fun. It didn't clue in for me that it's the Van Dyke Parks. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, who's a composer? Yeah, he's a composer and uh, a bunch of other and, things. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. done a lot of music and stuff. But, but he yeah. plays the um the not the prosecutor, the defender. The defender uh, from Leo. Yeah, Leo's, Leo's defender. defender yeah. Public defender, probably. I don't think they have enough money to hire a, a private. Well, lawyer. I don't know. Leo's been in prison a couple times. He's probably got a guy on speed dialing. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, he makes a very impassioned plea. I'm just going to... Van Dyke Parks. Van Dyke Parks. Lawyer yeah. extraordinaire. Yeah. 
makes a very impassioned plea for for Well, Leo's... just explaining that Leo yeah. has no brain activity. Like, yeah. how can you try a guy who literally can't defend himself? Exactly. And... This is his competency hearing. It's yeah. not. It's not a bail hearing. It's not his trial. It's just to see if he's a bit, if he can stand trial. Yeah. And uh, and then we get the same state prosecutor, Daryl Lodwick, who. Uh, Gives Again, an impassioned speech. A very yes. impassioned speech of his own, and the judge just can't oh, believe the shit. So he just rolls bored. his like, eyes. He's just like, come on. He tells him to sit down after a while. Yeah. Like, I've never seen a judge so yes. just done with this. But you got to think that these two must run into yeah, each other all the a lot. Time. I mean, his, his rhetorical style must have graded yeah. on the judge's nerves yeah, at this exactly. point. So. But and his, his it, yeah. cowboy hat yeah. and his. <laughs> he's a big guy, and he's got this, like, very, like, Kind of uh, lawyery voice, you know. Yeah. yeah. But he, I love even Van Dyke Parks points to, to the chair when the when the prosecutors told to go back. He's yeah. Just like, Please, yeah. Exactly. Do sit. Like it's it's kind of a fun little. Yeah. Little you can tell these guys scene. all know each other, right? There's a um, dynamic there. But the judge the judge decides that he needs some time to deliberate, and he asks for. I love this. He yeah. says, um, "Mr. Cooper." And Sheriff Truman. And Cooper puts up his hand just like a good old Boy Scout and just keeps his hand up until he realizes that nobody else has their hands up. He's just... Yeah. I, I just... It's just a nice little bit of characterization. Not that yeah. we needed more, but no, it fits with It is his, Cooper. He, there's no other way he'd no, respond if a judge called his name. Puts his hand puts his up, hand right? Up. Um, um, so, and he's sitting right in the middle of the aisle, too, which I thought was cute. But yeah. anyway. Um, they go over to the bar. That's where... That's where the judge deliberates, yeah. yeah. And they uh, he orders them... What's the, what's the drink? A black Yukon sucker punch great name no which is. which is blue and frothy um but i don't know what goes in it so uh it if anybody well who knows but if anybody knows please send well, us google the link. would know we could just search for it no nope, i'm asking our <laughs> okay. our five blog or our five, five listeners. listeners okay <laughs> it's fine if you don't we'll find it out anyways um yeah so, so yeah, yeah he gets sid to make them yeah his law clerk yeah and who's then... also a bartender apparently um and yeah so he he kind of asks they, they discuss... Oh, wait, is that right away here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they discuss what um, what the state of the town is, like, what's the mood, um, do they think... Do they want a lynching, or do yeah. they want justice? Yeah. Like, that's what he wants to know. And uh, Oh, and this is one plot point, is that the prosecutor is continuing to push for uh, Leo being charged as Laura's murder, which is the whole point of the discussion. Right. It wasn't about the arson or anything, they've, they've kind of pushed on that. Which the Cooper, which he asks Cooper, and Cooper yeah. says, yeah, I don't think he, he's the he's guy. He's not the murderer. He's not yeah. our guy. Um, which may or may not be a mitigating factor in... in uh, well, I think it is. But in terms of... What, what the judge ends up deciding is that he's not going to... He's going to say that Leo is not fit to stand trial, and that he wants him, as soon as medically possible, to be released into Shelley's care at home. And it's, I thought that was interesting because, I, I mean, he's being acquitted, well, not acquitted, he's being uh, well, yeah, I guess absolved, he, no, not no. even really, but he, just, he can't, he will never stand trial. No, he will if he ever recovers, right? Yeah, if he recovers, yeah. right? So there's a chance that, that there will not be justice served for the arson or for I mean, potentially, he could still go go on trial for Laura's murder or his involvement in her murder, even if he didn't murder her. Um, and that will never come up again. Yeah. Yeah. Which, it seems like... I don't want to say it's a cop-out, because he's been built up as this big bad guy for so long. Um, but it it's kind of a cop-out. How so? Just that that he's he's been built up as, as a suspect, as a prime baddie yeah, in the but town. We disproved that six episodes ago, so now they're just kind of confirming yeah, but, it like But he was there the night she died. So is he knows Jacques things. Renault, and they've 
they yeah, moved they on from him but too. Because he died. I he guess. literally can't I do anything. Know. I don't know. I just I just think they would have pushed more for but what can they do? He's he's basically like Lee, like uh, Shelley said earlier in the season, she he's basically a vegetable, yeah. right? So I mean they can't they can't ask him any questions. I guess it is just a sit and wait thing. Yeah. Well yeah, and I yeah. And we have two new suspects, basically. We've exactly. got Ben and Harold showing yeah, up in yeah. this episode yeah. as pretty good targets for yeah. our ire, but um Yeah, so it kind of ends with uh the judge and uh, Cooper just Cooper, have a quick, who won't, very quick chat. Who won't pick up his drink? He they won't, won't drink it. it. He it's... won't drink it. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. What's going on there? Well, he's on duty. Maybe he wouldn't. He wouldn't have maybe, a drink while he's but on duty. Why would he? I, I don't know. Yeah. It's. it's well, does he drink strange. alcohol? Because he doesn't drink the beer at. No, he doesn't. And then so maybe he's a teetotaler. But, but there's a. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's another scene later on uh, with a, an, another character who's introduced later in the season. Yeah. And we'll have to watch for that. Yeah, we'll watch for that because maybe, maybe he doesn't maybe drink. He doesn't drink. Hmm. Maybe that's maybe that's a, a part a part of his character that we just never came up. Yeah, very possible. I could I could see it. Yeah. Maybe oh yeah. No, for Cooper's, sure. Cooper's drug of choice is caffeine. Yeah. Definitely. So, but anyway. Uh, so yeah, they the judge asks him how long he's been here, and he says twelve days. Twelve days. And we, and yeah, we were. They like, Whoa. they have a little a little <laughs> uh, reiteration of beware the, of the woods. Yes. Yes. From. Judge Sternwood, yes. which is funny, Sternwood, Sternwood yeah. um, giving a warning about the woods. Yeah. Uh, a very stern warning, I guess, about the woods. Wow. Your but puns um, are on game, yeah. They are. Points, yeah. Uh, uh, and then so, Shelly also, yeah. Yeah, so Harry goes over to talk to Shelly, and, and she seems to have second thoughts about all of this. Yeah, yeah, it's again, Shelly's really in a tough place here. She doesn't really want Leo around. She doesn't know how much the money is going to work. Like, Bobby was the one who found out that the money wasn't probably going to be as much as Yeah, it, it's not clear for. that she knows. So I don't think she knows that yet, and it's And And it's I really, it's like, poor Shelly should yeah. not be listening to Bobby. No, he's not giving good advice in this No, and, and I think she's realizing Although, right now just how yeah, bad it is. It is true. Like, Leo really probably shouldn't be on trial if he's in that shape. So. No, but he shouldn't be at home. No, no. She should probably stay at a somewhere else but anyway anyways uh so we cut quickly in a very short scene to uh nadine's return home from the hospital right uh she thinks she's 18 uh she doesn't know who james is yeah she she knows he's from the high school but she says you're not in any one of my classes and he's well he doesn't know either no it seems like ed's the only one who understands what's going on and and then she says where's mom and dad she has this dramatic turn yeah yeah ed's response is great too yeah ed has to think on his feet where, Mom and Dad? Oh, uh, out of town. Oh. Okay. And uh, again, <laughs> he does a good job, yeah. he, he's not bad. Just like I put one eye jacks. He, yeah. he, he <laughs> performs admirably, if belatedly. Yeah. Uh, he's a little slow on the uptake, but, but that's is, okay. But he's funny. And, and then she goes into the kitchen and rips the door off the fridge. Yeah, while Ed and James are having a little chat Chapping. about whether or not uh, what they can do for her and whether or not she should see Jacoby, who is in Hawaii Why right now recovering from his heart attack. And yeah, this this one I wrote. This is definitely a funny episode. Like, there's that. There's yeah. Cooper's responses. Like, there's been a lot of funny, funny bits it's so far. It's funny light. I yeah, okay, yeah. It wasn't hilarious. But no. There, there's lots of little... There's moments little... of humor. Yes, but... Okay, fine. We'll disagree on this. You're wrong. Uh, <laughs> so we move from here back to uh, the uh, Great Northern. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Torji... Well... First, we have uh, Ben. Where Where is he coming in from? I don't know. I don't know. Probably either. coming back from the Broadhouse, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah. So he walks in, and uh, he gets a call on his That Mr. Tojimura is there to see him, and he's like, Mr. Who? And then he walks in, and... There's yeah. Mr. Tojimura with and an, an, an associate. Yeah. yeah, some sort. 
and uh, he starts going off about Mr. Tojimura, Tojimura does uh, about his interest in the Ghostwood Estates. Right, uh, which Ben projects. seems he has no interest in. Yeah, he's and it's like, not. Oh, okay. I mean, so the Iceland delegation signed have and left. walked away. No, they signed though, so they, okay, it's going then, ahead. But Leland called them and told them about. Yeah, but it sounds like it's still going ahead because Leland or uh, Ben was. He's fine here. He's like he's not really that interested. If he was, if he'd already, if he didn't have a deal, he'd be all over this. He's like, oh, an Asian syndicate involved in, I'm wanting to get involved in my little project. Right. He'd be all for it. But well, he, already, he is once he sees that Tojimura has a five well, million dollar check yeah, for for okay, the land. Sure, but <laughs> that's not really. But you've got to, you've got to think that 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 the mill fire and all of that has put the Iceland deal maybe on the rocks and, and Leland wouldn't be seriously considering that if there was an airtight deal in place, would he? You mean Ben? What did I say? Leland. Yeah, I meant Ben. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I think more investors are always good. He can, he can spend the $5 million another way, right? Like, I guess, but if they're wanting Ghostwood, if they're wanting the land... Yeah, no, but Ghostwood, okay, this is getting into the complexities. But anyways, uh, yeah, so Tojimura comes in and offers, the, gives this $5 million check, and that's when Ben's eyes bulge out. And yeah. he's like, okay, yes, we can, we can definitely do business. And then he sees them out. Meanwhile, Hank is oh, coming yes. down the hallway, yeah. and we that. have a little moment where Bobby sees Hank, watches him go, and then Cooper walks through, too. Not too far behind Hank, yeah. tooting on his little duck whistle. His duck whistle, yeah. Um, so, which is a nice callback to uh, Bobby's involvement with Hank, knowing that Hank was involved with Leo shooting. I, I don't know why Bobby's there, though. Yeah, I don't know either. He just kind of shows up, and he doesn't appear he doesn't again. doesn't do anything. No, he doesn't show but, up at all again in this episode. But he is there to watch Hank. Hank goes into this secret back room again that seemed to be all over the place in yep. Ghostwood. Or, sorry, in <laughs> the Great Northern. <laughs> And uh, he knocks on the secret door, and Ben, or I don't know, Ben opens the door anyway, and, and Hank says, Cooper's on his way, and Ben shoves him out and closes the door as Cooper walks in to, uh, right right on time, because yeah. there's a call that a comes, call in comes in from in Canada, Canada, which I thought was great. Yeah. Second largest landmass in the world. It could be coming from anywhere. It could be from Montreal. It could be from none of it. None of it didn't exist at no. that point. But well, but it was, yeah. Iqaluit. Iqaluit. Did exist. Yeah. But anyway, um... So Cooper comes in and he very awkwardly sits on the, the couch. Well, and he's just, he's, he can't even fake interest because he knows already what's going to happen. I he guess knows that's true. I hadn't thought about that, but of course he knows yeah, what's happening. Yeah, he doesn't really care about the call. He's so just why there is to, he taking he's... the money? Why would, okay, so here's a good question. If he knows exactly where Audrey is, why wouldn't he go to Ben and say, I know where she is? Because he doesn't trust Ben and he's very wise not to. He doesn't know Ben isn't setting him up for his own death or no, something I, else. I know, but he's still in, he's still going to go along with Ben's plans. So that's what I mean. No, 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 no. He's giving the appearance that he's going along but, with Ben's okay, plans. But okay, but the episode prior to this, when he accepts Ben's offer to, to take the money and go up there, he's totally trusting of Ben. Or he's well, willing to go along with the plan along anyway. With it, yeah. So at this point, so why, he's not going to change his mind. He's not going to change Ben's why, knowledge. Why wouldn't he just say, I don't need your money. I'm going to do this my way. I'm going to, I'm going to. Because then if. Why would he even go if, to the meeting? Because if Ben is doing something bad, he can he can well, keep Ben out of the loop, which Ben is always doing something bad. Sure, so. but I just think it's it's interesting that with with his knowledge, he knows exactly where Audrey is, and he's still gonna go and he's still gonna put himself in Ben's clutches. And we find out in this episode that that Ben is gonna have 
Cooper followed by Hank. He wants to make sure that Hank is the one who brings Audrey home with the money. Yeah, if possible. If possible. Which, yeah. And leave Cooper up there for Jean Renault yeah, and Blackie yeah. to deal with. He's okay. So there is a, a plan afoot. Cooper has no idea that that's going on. He's still putting himself in danger by, by getting into bed with Ben with this money and the exchange. and. Well, yeah, like, this is I, the one thing about this whole section. I don't know what happens to the money. Well, you no, you find out in the next in the episode. next episode. Okay, yeah. okay, I'd forgotten about that. Sorry, but yeah, getting back to Ben's ideas, uh, sending Hank, just a terrible one. I mean, really, Hank is he's not he's not quite up to his his old games. I don't think um, or his old quality of of uh, Possibly. muscleness. Possibly <laughs> because like Hank, I don't know, he hasn't been so successful in, since his return. Except no, for beating up Leo. That was really kind of his highlight. But didn't he just get his ass kicked the night before yeah. by the mysterious Asian yeah. gentleman, yeah. Jonathan? Jonathan. In the, Jonathan. So he doesn't look the worse for wear, does nope, he? No, he was fine. That's the magic of TV, <laughs> yeah. I guess. <laughs> One day um, is almost a week later somehow. Um, so yeah. anyway, we, yeah. leave, we leave Cooper with instructions to drive up towards Castlegar, British Columbia, and, and uh, yeah, that's a, uh, a, a bar called the Columbian, Columbia, which is where the, Columbian, yeah. where the money drop is going to be made. Yeah. And that's where we leave them, with yep. Hank hot on his trail. Yes. Uh, and we jump to the Palmer house at this point for just a short little scene with Maddie and Donna planning to steal the diary that night. Can I describe it? So of course. Donna and Maddie are planning to steal from a shut-in who grows orchids. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really what's happening here. When it you is. And it. It's, and, okay, so this, this is why... Okay. I hate how I don't know how I feel about this. I really hate that I don't know how I feel. What do you mean? Because I shouldn't feel sympathy for Harold, but I feel a lot of sympathy for Harold. And I shouldn't yeah. like it's it's a weird situation that I'm being No, I don't really feel sympathy in. for any of these characters. Like they're all No, they're all screwing they're each all, other over. Yeah. And they're all just like short-sighted and and Yeah. 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 Like, like if I don't know. Like and why doesn't Don just go to the cops like say, "Hey, this guy has potential why evidence." Yeah. It's I mean, we're past the point. I mean, she screwed up enough times with the the locket and everything else. Yeah, like, like she literally, it's been what five days since they they caused Doctor Jacoby to yeah, have to a, massive a massive heart, heart attack. attack, and they're not You'd learning their lesson. You think that she'd learn a little bit, but no, she's still going after it. It's very strange. Yeah, it's a very strange turn of events. Just one in many. Yeah, that happen over the course of the last few episodes into this one. Yeah, so, uh, anyway. yeah, so they just, they discuss, like, what their plans are and how Maddie that... doesn't seem all that Yeah, Maddie's enthused. not that enthused. But, but Donna does admit that she does like Harold, which yeah. is interesting, because in the next scenes, it's, I mean, she's still playing him, obviously, but sure. she does, she does care. So, um, I think that, I think that's just an important distinction to make. Um, the sheriff station, or no, sorry, no, we, go to we, the, go to the, we go to one of Jack's, Jack's next, and this is uh, Jean Renault doing his showing Assassin's his... Creed kind of <laughs> thing, which was also made from French Canada, by the way. Uh, it's developed in Montreal. Yeah, Anyways, that's true. Uh, yeah, so he's he's showing how he's going to kill his booby trapped forearm. Yeah, he's got this spring loaded gun or spring loaded uh, blade yeah. blade on his arm that yeah. he's going to use to stab Cooper. In the wrist, I don't, I don't know how yeah, far yeah, this thing like, extends. Yeah. He's hoping that when Cooper passes him the money, he'll like he'll just stab him. And but it's like, like oh, it's like a three-inch, four-inch blade. It's not long enough to really cause any damage unless mm. you're very close. And I don't know. I mean, I I know a lot of French Canadians. They do like to do the air kiss on both cheeks. It's very sweet. I love it. 
but I, I don't see Jean Reno and Agent Cooper yeah, yeah, sharing engaging bond, in that. Yeah. So I don't I don't know exactly how this is gonna work. Yeah. But anyway, he explains to to Blackie that this is what his plan is, and also reiterates their plan to um, uh, take One Eye Jacks from Ben. Yeah. So Jean wants to take it and give it to Blackie to do with what she wants. But also, they're planning on killing Audrey with a fatal dose of heroin. Yeah. So that's uh, that's, that's where we what, leave that's them. That's what's coming up. Yeah. Then we jump to the sheriff station. I will admit that this is a, this is a funny, funny scene. scene. Yeah. It's so it's Andy. The the can do camp temp never showed up. Andy she is the new Lucy. And Andy is the new Lucy, and he's got notes everywhere because he sticky can't notes. sticky notes just <laughs> everywhere because he can't keep track. Yeah. Um. And then he get he makes a call to the hospital to get his uh, sperms testing results. Yeah. Uh, and he, we found out he had oleospermia. Oligospermia. Oligospermia. Yeah. Uh, which I'm assuming is just a shortage of sperm. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> then he, he gets very detailed explanation of what's going on. And that nurse, the nurse on the up. other line, on the other end, is, is so patient. She's like, yes, that's right, that's sir. Right. Yeah. You just hear her on the other end, just like, good for you. The way that I talk to first graders when I'm when I'm teaching first or second grade, and yeah, you, just, you have to, to encourage Andy. them, and yeah. that's what she's doing with Andy. It's yeah. very sweet. It is sweet, and then she gives them kind of like a metaphor of well, uh, it's what it's what, what the doctor uh, Doc described. Hayward described yeah. it as, which is Doc says there are not just three men on a fishing trip; they're a whole damn town. Yeah, I know what that means. It means they're not really real people. They're Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm a whole damn town. He's a whole damn town. And Drew really just cute. like nods and smiles and walks on. Yeah. And that's actually what moves to the next scene. Yeah, and he he walks into the office with Cooper and he's like, "Don't ask,", Don't ask. <laughs> which is cute because the the two of them are are. Uh, Heading in, heading into much more serious territory with that. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the shift in the episode here. It's a so Cooper has this hand drawn map, presumably drawn from memory because he's only been to One Eye Jacks once, but he's got a full map, detailed yeah. map of the, the layout, rooms, of yeah, and all the, the places, whole place. Yeah. Which maybe that's part of his gift. Maybe he's just got this eidetic memory and very good spatial awareness. I'm sure he does. In addition he's to Cooper. dream intuition yeah. and. Mind yeah. body coordination. Yeah, yeah. it's all there. Uh, so he, uh, they have this map, and they're gonna, they're gonna figure out. This is what they're gonna use to go into One Eye Jacks that night to yeah, it's uh, rescue Audrey. Yeah, to to get her back. At which point, Hawk, Hawk enters. Uh, with Cooper three, hides the, the yeah, map. Yeah, he like flips it over and hides it. Uh, and Hawk comes in and explains that the One Eye One Armed Man has been seen at a hotel or a motel somewhere. Yeah, uh, he hasn't been seen in a day, day and a half. But the place has been lived in. The room that he's in in the motor in or the motel yeah. is lived in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they all, he also found more of the drug that uh, Albert is still analyzing for the FBI right. to, to find out what, what uh, Philip Gerard is using on himself. What's he's taking? What yeah. he's taking? Uh, and then uh, Truman says to Hawk, uh, well, see you, Yeah, yeah good, see, kind good of good work. See yeah. in the morning. Yeah. And Hawk is very suspicious. Well, and but is, I don't know. Is Truman kind of hinting here, too? Is he... Because this comes back later. Uh, I Watching it this time, I was like, oh, no, Truman's saying, yeah, good night, wink, wink, I'll see you later tonight kind of thing. I don't see that at all. Okay. I see this as, as Truman and Cooper on their little, you know. Yeah, they're both they're going They're going but, on a date to One-Eyed Jacks, yeah. and he doesn't want Hawk to intrude because Cooper asked him to just keep it on the DL. But, but the, yeah. the problem that I have with this is that 
um, that Truman dismisses Hawk without, you know, you'd think if you were going to, it's just, it's so suspicious the way he does it. Yeah. You'd think well, that's he'd what I'm saying. say. He's, he's, he's being over, he's doing it overly in order to I don't think tell so. Hawk that, yes, I'm But I think if he help. were trying to be smart about it, he'd say, go stake out the one I, the one armed man, because this is somebody that they've been looking for. In the very first scene in the sheriff's station, yeah, yeah, he, says, he tells yeah. Hawk, oh, we got to get on the one armed man, man, we got to yeah. find him. And then he doesn't follow up. He doesn't say stake out his hotel room yeah. and and follow him, make sure we find him. Yeah. He just winks. and. But I don't think it's because he wants Hawk to follow them to One-Eyed Jacks. I think that's pure happenstance that Hawk is just that good. Yeah, maybe. But either anyway. way, either way. Yeah. Hawk does follow him. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Whatever. But anyway. Yeah. Hopefully you've watched this episode before you've listened to us because this is not going to make any, any sense, sense for you. Yeah. Uh, uh, then, yeah, also you get a quick shot of Andy. He's struggling with his notes, and he finds a phone number for Well, I think where... he, wants, he wants to call Lucy to tell her that he's fixed. He's a whole damn town. Oh, yeah. Okay, and he sees sense. the number I for, it, I think it says her, her, yeah, her sister, yeah, and, sister and brother's and name. Sister and brother's, yeah. yeah. Brother-in-law. Call, call, or he calls, and uh, it's, it's an, an abortion, abortion clinic. clinic. And he goes, oh, my word, yeah, or whatever it is. Hangs up. It's... Yeah, it's pretty... It's you pretty... don't get much of his reaction, though. She's, I mean, she's shocked, but then you don't get whether wow. he's... Well, no, Wouldn't he, he you does. Be shocked? He says, "Yeah, yeah." I guess you get just uh, that reaction. I guess yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Poor Andy. Yep. Uh, so then we get to the we had a very short scene at the double R with Maddie and James. Maddie is very cold towards mm-hmm. James, which is interesting because they were so hot and heavy a few episodes yeah. earlier, and and now she's really pushed him away. I've I've <laughs> James. Yeah, and he's just <laughs> dumb tits. He's the other dumb tit. <laughs> him and Donna, they're they're a pair. Like a right great there. pair. Yeah. But he's he's suspicious of her because she's not very forthcoming with any of the information she's giving him. Yeah, he's asking what the coffee's for. She's ordering coffee. And she's yeah, like, oh, it's oh, for there's no coffee at home. And, yeah. and it's just like, yeah, okay, leave the investigating to someone else. Yeah, the two I'm sorry. But good. yeah, uh, and he, he pays for his meal or whatever he's got and then takes off after her. Yeah. Um, a discreet distance, I would imagine. Yes, yes, as I discreet as you can be on a Harley, but... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, then we get we go back to Harold. So remember, this is only a few hours after uh, Donna has completely eviscerated him and, and pulled him out into the daylight and caused him to have this breakdown. Why did he let her back into the house? That's what I want to know. Is well, he so infatuated with her? I think so. Yeah, it's kind of sad. That makes me even feel the, yeah, more no, like, sympathy for him. Like or anything. Like she doesn't apologize. No, or anything. he's it's just like flips open his book. He's like, like mm, session, session two. two. And this is where it got. It gets really sexual. It is. Like, this, like, the Smith residence, said, yeah. yeah, is, like, the most sexual place in Twin Peaks. And we go to a brothel in this episode. <laughs> yes. Well, that, well in, that's in not the in series. Peaks, that's no, in I'm, saying, yeah, Gar, I'm but... saying in the whole series, the whole television series, this is by far the most sexually charged place. Yeah, it really is. And it's really just Harold and Donna just... And Harold is presumably, on. you know, he's he's an older man. He looks like 30s, he's probably maybe, in his 30s, yeah. late 20s or so. Don is a high school student. So we've got the same dynamic yeah. going on between the two of them as Cooper and Audrey, yeah. which a lot of people object to. Yeah. Uh, and here we have it on, on play with also this this undercurrent dynamic, of, yeah. of mental health concerns and, and exploitation. real serious exploitation yeah. and manipulation. So yeah. we've got Donna giving her story about this this adventure she and Laura had when they were 13. Or 14. Or 14. Maybe. With these 20-something boys. Men. Yeah. Um, and Josh, how, yeah, Tim, yeah. and Rick or yeah, whatever. They, she met, they met them at the roadhouse and yeah. then they went off to party and 
Laura, went skinny dipping. Yeah, well, no, yeah, yeah. And Laura was making out with some of them, and then she ki- Donna kissed this one boy, and it was the, was first, the first time, time she, she ever fell in, fell in love. love. And it's like, oh, first of all, that's shit. But okay, so I have but two it, questions it, for okay. you. Was she making it up? That's what I wanted to know. I because don't, I don't know. I really don't know. While we were watching it, I did do a quick search, and the officially published Laura's secret diary that was tied into the season and heavily publicized because of these episodes does mention this incident. That story? Okay. Yeah, and they were 22, the boys were 22, and the girls were, you know, early teens. Yeah. Which also adds another level of weird consent well, issues it's, going on there. It's very, anyway. yeah. I mean, it's very small town-y. Like, like, this happens in small towns. Like, I don't... Does it? Okay, I spent one summer in a small town. In Flin Flon, Manitoba. Flin Flon, Manitoba. Which there, Cooper went to, if you read his, his biography. Oh, really? Yeah, he goes really? to the Florida Cafe in Flin Flon, Manitoba for key lime pie, apparently. I can't say I was there. I don't, I don't know, know if that place exists, <laughs> but anyway, you, but yeah. should, you should ask your friends in Flin Flon. <laughs> I will. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a very kind of small town thing to have, like... Guys really like women have the pick of the litter, and yeah. guys, you know, they 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 tend to date younger because okay. you know men like younger women and women like older men, and mm-hmm. and so that's kind of so it fits it with down. Laura's mo. But but previously we thought this was just because of her chosen profession, yeah, slash part time job, yeah. Well, and also we thought, I mean, <laughs> I didn't think I didn't see Donna being this flirtatious at all. I mean, she's no, and that's, really the goody goody, and of that's the bunch. why I wondered about whether it was real or not and why mm-hmm. I had to look it up. So, now, yeah. Well, yeah, okay. My second point was uh, in Fire Walk With Me, mm-hmm. uh, you do get Donna's more dangerous side. Yes. I would say a bit more. Yes. So this is, is this isn't character up? still. Yeah. And um, even the way she dances and she sways and stuff like that, that kind of movement is, is borrowed in Fire Walk With well, Me a and lot. When I, when I watched this now, I mean, the first couple of times I watched it, I just saw it as what it was. Like, I read it purely on the surface. But... I mean, knowing what has been said and and what I've heard about the backroom drama on the show and how Laura Flynn Boyle really wanted to up her character's prominence and importance on the show, Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of parallels with her dancing and her storytelling and everything to the way Audrey was in the beginning of season two, or season one, sorry, with her dancing in the diner and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. It's like... It's like the the dollar store version of Audrey, yeah, yeah. Um, with a <laughs> lot harsh. more. Well, no, it is, and it's 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 got this seriously creepy undertone with, with Harold, you know, yeah. with Harold and and the way that Harold is manipulating Donna and Donna is manipulating him, and there's so much exploitation going on from both sides that I really don't. Yeah, it kind of washes out for me. I'm just like, yeah, they're both kind of playing stranger, each other, yeah. and like there's sex. As kind of the undercurrent there, mm-hmm. and they, which I think they both kind of do want. Mm-hmm. Um, Harold really wants it, but I think Donna does too. Um, well, I think she wants it, but I wonder how if she understands what kind of impact it would have, right? Because for both of them, because I mean, we saw earlier that she didn't really understand how serious things were for Harold, and. And then the repercussions of that were very clear to her when he comes out of the house. And then here she is just doubling down on it. Yep. And she's she's trying really hard to turn him on. Yep. And it works. It works. And yeah, that's... we both said that he was covering up his boner with the wine glass <laughs> at the end there. But but I mean, yeah, it's it's and he's just enthralled by her and her story and he tells mm-hmm. her it's beautiful and it's it's not a beautiful story. It's a story of you know, thirteen-year-old well, like, yeah, girls young being girls exploring their sexuality. Sure, I, with twenty-two-year-old boys. Yeah, I, yeah. But again, that's kind of the the setting that 
they're used to. I mean, it's sure, yeah, it's a, okay. Sure. I mean, sure, it's illegal and morally bad, but I mean, that's what the experience was for her. And I mean, she didn't take it in a bad way. Um, no, she thought she was still. falling in love, right? So sure, yeah, no, I, mean, I, I, I get it, and it's, it's. I don't want to invalidate a woman's experience, yeah, her experience her own yeah. you know she's telling her own story but it did it just brought up a lot of questions for yeah, me, like oh, how for much sure. of it is true how much of it is is a put on for Harold's sake and not knowing that that it features in Laura's secret diary and even discounting like how well, much of that is canon and how much of that well, is well yeah 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 but even like if it did why is Harold surprised and taken yeah, back exactly, by it right? it would have been like, in her diary yeah, but he would have known it yeah anyway yeah. It, it's 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 an uncomfortable scene again, and it sets up more discomfort in the last few scenes, which uh, go back and forth between One Eye Jacks and Harold's. So we've got uh, two female characters in very serious danger. We've got Donna at Harold's, and we've got Audrey at One Eye Jacks. Yeah. And so we get uh, Cooper and Harry muscling in at One Eye Jacks is yeah. the next scene. And uh, I didn't realize this, but Harry. Uh, uh, to get the guard in the back door, he. Grabs him by the balls. He literally. literally does. I really didn't clue in. And then I'm watching it with Aiden, which I don't know. We don't watch the show together. I've seen this show fully now probably. Five or six times. Oh, it's been a dozen or okay. more times that I've watched this yeah, series. This is like my second full time watch. So time, I haven't so. watched this episode with Aiden actively watching it with me. In a while. In a long time. So when he was like, oh. And I was like, oh my oh, God, he grabbed him by the balls. It was like, great because then now. he shoves a ball in his mouth and like tapes it up. Yeah. And then knocks him knocks out. Knocks him out. It's a great, the... like, what a way to take out a guard. Sure. <laughs> but it was, it was, I, as a woman, didn't clue in. Nope. That's a sensitive area. I thought he just punched him in the gut. And I was like, why no. is he reacting yeah, well, that well, way? That's Truman keeps his hand there. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, was, it was just a weird, anyway. Now it makes sense to me. Yeah. But anyway. So yeah, they come in to one Eye Jacks and there's a kind of a, like, we apologize. We're yeah, working on the future home of the Tiberian Baths. And I just thought that was interesting because it's a, it's a long sustained shot on that. And uh, I thought maybe there was some uh, significance to it. But uh, Tiberian just being probably a reference to the Emperor Tiberius. Yeah, it's like a Roman bath. Is yeah, That's yeah. The... I don't know why they call it Tiberian because there's also a city in, in ancient Israel called Tiberius. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you're going to have Israeli baths, that's different that's thing a little, altogether. Yeah, it's a slightly different feel. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. But anyway, um, I also noticed, I don't know if you noticed this, hmm. um, the red drapes and the statues all over the place on this hallway. Yes, yes. It's very reminiscent yeah. of the Red Room. Yeah. And I thought this was a nice touch. And it makes me think that at this point in the series, they were still leading up to that, a link between One-Eyed Jacks yeah, and, and the Red, the Red Room. Room. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, so that's, I mean, definitely when you're watching it again, if you haven't noticed this, go back and look. Because it's like, it's it's exactly like the Red Room. There's like pillars and there's little statues and the red drapes and it's all it's all there. Yep. It's very creepy. In that initial section, once you mm-hmm. move in, once they go into the working rooms, yeah. section, it's that floral print hallway. Right, which um, we see in Fla- in Fire Walk with Me is in the Black Lodge. Oh, you're which right. Which is a spoiler. Uh, yes. But we will well, talk about it when we yeah, get we'll to get Fire to Walk with Me, but well, I just think there's so many layers to this. You have to keep it's, a notebook of all the things we have to talk about. This is what for Fire I have with me. right here. No, I mean a note of just fire walk with me things oh, that we've talked about already well, that we want to talk about with the movie. No, it's fine. We'll remember it. This is all no, very no, important stuff. I will remember it. I okay. have a steel trap for a memory. No, you don't. 
I remember all the bad things you've ever done to me. <laughs> yeah, that's because never mind. there's been five it's of them. It's something really sexist. Yeah, <laughs> no, that would have been the sixth. Yeah. No, 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 no. Well, maybe, but you've been very. You're a very good husband. Oh well, that's really superfluous to this conversation. No, uh, I'm just letting all of our our listeners. I was going to call them viewers. Yeah. This is not being like televised, right? Yeah. No, thank God. No. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So. So once you walk into the hallway, uh, you get this feeling of constriction. Like the the hallways are literally narrower, and that Mine adds being a sense. They're kind of like yeah, angular, like there's angles and, and, and they're all shooting dead off in ends different ways. That Cooper yeah. goes off, and he's like, "No, dead end." Like yeah. it's it's not. Um, it's a very claustrophobic kind of experience, mm-hmm. and and you you feel that like it, it feels tense. You're yeah. like, "Oh, anything could be around any corner." It's yeah. a, it's a great little uh, way to shoot, kind of a you know. What is basically, basically a, a boring shot of them yeah, trying to find some room, yeah, right? Yeah, because you don't really know what's going on. It adds on. visual interest and there's tension as well. So, yeah. so we yeah, do see uh, Jean Renault and Blackie. Yes, uh, Trooper. 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 <laughs> trooper, well, they do find him. <laughs> it is Trooper. But well, it's Truman who stays with them. He watches them through the, the window of, uh, or the doorway of their room. Uh, yeah, it's where like French discussing. doors or whatever. Yeah. And I thought, okay, so they're looking at the TV camera, and, and it's on a freeze frame, a still image of Cooper at the roulette table or yeah. at the blackjack table. Yeah. Why doesn't Truman say anything see about that, that or yeah. notice that or, or say, hey, wait a minute, they know who yeah, you are, yeah. and call Cooper back? Because Cooper at this point has gone off to... Keep looking for Audrey. Yeah. yeah. So I just thought that was um, a bad move yeah. on the part of Sheriff Truman yeah. that he wouldn't pick up on that. Well, Truman doesn't do a great job here. Let's be honest, which is yeah. I don't know why he's really there. It's just backup, but he's yeah. no, no. Truman, they named it two guys for sure, but I'm just saying Truman doesn't. He knocked out that guy's balls for God's sake. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Renault and uh, and Blackie are talking about Audrey, mm-hmm. how they're going to kill her and everything again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you cut back to uh, Harold Harold's place, place, and then the Orchids. Yes. Oh yes. And, well, and Maddie's. I just love this. Maddie's just sipping coffee. Yeah. Just like calm and like you know. Yeah. I love Maddie. She's so cute. Um, yeah, so you get a, the shot of the orchid, a real big close-up, and then you get a shot of Donna looking through the magnifying glass of the orchid. Um, and he talks about moisture. All I can think of is the word moist and how women hate it. Because he's really... Moistness is an invitation to disease, he says. <laughs> I'm just yeah, like, he's really moisture. obsessed with cleanliness and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's odd. Maybe that's the, the clue to his agoraphobia as yeah. well. But um, and then he brings I, up pollinating too. Sorry, it's, yeah. Well, but you're right. Like the the fact we didn't really get a sense of it until this scene that how sexual this this, this whole, whole thing, thing has been. Yeah, has been like Donna's little foray into um, skinny dipping and kissing older boys when she was a girl is one thing. But then this this scene well, with Harold's the, just returning the orchids. Favor, yeah. Well, yeah, and 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 it's so over it. Like I mean. George O'Keefe's paintings of flowers are sexual for a reason, right? I mean, you look at this close-up of an orchid, and even the fact that the lower petal is called a labellum, like he yeah. even talks about how it's a lip. It's There's lips on the flower. Yeah. It looks like a vagina, oh, yeah. like a very stylized vagina. And orchids, interestingly, have um, the symbolism of orchids are, as an ornamental plant, are delicate, exotic, graceful represent love luxury beauty and strength and in ancient greece they were a symbol of virility so we have a link to this tiberian bath again too oh, which yeah. that's good um so virility and the pollination aspect that you talked about just a minute ago yeah. um 
there's clearly something going on here. And, and Harold doesn't strike you as the kind of guy who's a very powerful sexual figure. So maybe the Yorkids are kind of a stand-in. It's the way that he can, you know, well, express his sexuality. Well, he's very obsessed with sexuality. And he's very, but yeah, in, this in, is his in, way of expressing yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, sure. through the yeah. Orchids. So. And, and, but Donna's kind of loving it. And that's, that's yeah. my kind of point is that it, it is mutual at this point. I think she really does like him. And we both picked up on this. Uh, he goes in and he starts kissing her. As soon as she responds... Uh, he pulls back. And yeah, he's he like, almost oh, looks afraid or something. Okay, but um, yeah. So he uh, he kind of leaves. And my question, okay, we can cut this if we don't want it. But how is she gonna get Maddie in when she's picking up her panties the whole time? Like, <laughs> she was really into it. She um, was, but I think okay, but yeah, you're right. Like it's it's almost like he likes the chase. He likes yeah, the pursuit yeah. of Donna more than he likes the reciprocation. And yeah. Donna is is a 17-year-old girl or 18-year-old girl who is showing interest in someone and he all of a sudden doesn't want to do that. So it's almost like, yeah, it's 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 the pursuit that Harold is after. Yeah. And, Which fits yeah. in with, with his characterization in Laura's Secret Diary as well when you find out about his the extent of his relationship with Laura. Yeah? Yes. You okay. haven't read it, I haven't but read it's, it all. Yeah. It's, 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 it's telling. It does match, yeah. Um, okay. What... You know, it's it's a little bit extra of his character that, I mean, not really because you get it all on the show, but yeah. yeah. It's there too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I, my question is, okay, so then Harold's gone off and she, mm-hmm. and uh, Donna sneaks over to yeah, give the signal starts, to Maddie. Yeah, so she's, the signal is she's going to put this flashlight in the window and flash the light a few times and Maddie's Maddie going to come, come in, in and when, sneak around. Which is, in which time Donna, who knows exactly where the book is, could easily just open the thing, pocket it, put it in her purse. Exactly. And then no one But instead the she lets Maddie... Yeah, so anyway. It's a big plot hole, but anyway, We'll come back to this because we get one more scene at One-Eyed Jacks, which is when uh, Cooper, who's who's gone off from, from Harry, yeah. um, meets up with Nancy, Blackie's sister. Yeah. And, and he does a great, uh, like, handshake thing, which is... If you ever meet somebody who's, like... You're not sure. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is one of those self-defense things they teach you is you never shake their hand because as soon as they grab your hand, they, yeah, can, yeah, they yeah. can grab her. And that's exactly what Cooper yeah, does. Yeah, he a, like twists her arm around her yeah. back and says, lead me to Audrey. And, yeah. and, and <laughs> I think it's funny that Nancy thinks that Cooper wants like, oh, I don't think she's available is what yeah, Nancy yeah, yeah, says yeah, yeah. because it's like, well, no, he doesn't want to have sex with her. Yeah. Well, maybe he does, but yeah. he doesn't. He wants to rescue her. Like yeah. this is not No, what well, I think that was like a uh, cheesy It could be, line. but no, I don't think she's available. Yeah, but yeah. anyway. But anyways, yeah. They, she leads she her leave to, the, to the room. And then uh, Cooper's punched over and he's trying to wake Audrey up. Nancy approaches and is going to stab him, and he gut punches her so good. Yeah, which I is love like, that. it's such a... So, I've never seen a man punch a woman in the stomach before, and it's always shocking to me to see <laughs> to a man... This? To see a man punch a woman, A, uh. which is a sign of, of how rare this, this is in TV and how maybe the gender roles are playing out in my head. But to see a man punch a woman in the stomach seems to me to be just excessively violent. I don't know. He Do punched... You... No. No? This is that. I was like, yeah, she's trying to kill him. You gotta punch her at least once. No, no, I get it. He's he's defending himself, but it's... And, and it is, like, she's standing up. He's kneeling, kind of, 
Yeah, he, like he's not gonna be able to punch her in the face or anything. From no, but position. but there are other ways to take some. I don't know. I don't know. It was just it was just an interesting choice. It just it always shocks me. It always really? shocks me to to punch her so low in the stomach. It's like where her uterus and her ovaries and and yeah, everything. do I some damage. You gotta you Jesus. Gotta, well, no, seriously, <laughs> she tries to kill you. You gotta you gotta take her out of the equation, like. I, I don't know. I don't know. If someone, if that was a man, it wouldn't change anything. So why it should just, it change it if it's a woman? But I don't, I don't see it being a place that's going to cause a lot of damage. Like you're not, really? you're not going to hurt someone the way you would if you like, you know, he could take her out at the legs and knock her on the floor. Yeah, yeah. He could have, well, like yeah. There, it just done. doesn't seem like it's the kind of thing that's going to, it's like how I thought when Harry, pun- I thought he punched him in the stomach and I'm like, well, that's not going to do a lot of, I could take a punch to the stomach. And it's not like he winds up and does it really, I mean, it's a, it's a fake punch. It's a theater yeah. punch, but still it's, it's, it's not the best way to incapacitate an enemy. I don't know. I thought it was, I think you're overthinking. I think Maybe he just, I am, he's like, but it just because it sticks out for me. Knife and punched her in the gut and threw her to but the yes, bed. But yes, anyway, mean, they meet up with Harry in the hallway, and well, because Harry at this point has is well, no, watching yeah. through watched, the window, yeah. and John has has said, "Oh, come here, uh, give me a kiss before I go to to Blackie." Kill Coor. Yeah, to, to Blackie, and then he kills Blackie while right. he's kissing her. I think that was a great little scene. Well, that's how you kill someone with a concealed weapon. Yeah. Like, he's not going to do that to Cooper. I Maybe this whole thing was just a plan to kill Blackie all along. I, yeah, I don't know what... I don't know why John kills her, to be honest. Like, I really don't. No. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But anyway, he yeah, kills her, he and kills then her. he sees Truman well, watching him through the window. First off... He kills her while they're kissing, and then he he lays her down, and then she she has this great like exhale of mm. her final breath. It's it's a really like haunting thing, and she's bleeding yeah. out of her mouth, and he's got blood all over yeah. his mouth because he's just been kissing her yeah, while she's weird. bleeding out. It's it's pretty kind of gross. gross. Um, but yeah, he spots Truman, shoots at him. Yeah, through and the then, window. And this is what I'm saying. Truman's not great. Like I mean, he saw her die. He should have had his gun out ready and aimed. On sure. Renault, but anyways. Yeah. It's so anyway, it's all delayed, and then as soon as when Trooper, du- when Trooper, yep. when Tr- Truman does get his gun out, Jean is already gone. Yeah, he's escaped. So at this point, it, when Cooper comes around the hallway with Audrey, he's like, he's already let the bad guy go. Truman has already let him go, so they have to book it out of there. Yeah. So they get back to the entrance, the Tiberian Bath exit yes. that they were going to leave out, and there's uh, one of the henchmen there, and he's like, oh, "I'll turn around, or I'll kill him, or I'll shoot you." And then, uh, lo and behold. There's a ah, hawk. hawk via knife right in the guy's back. Right. Yeah. yeah hawk, hawk kills the guy. Hawk kills a dude here. It's like, yeah. it's like you're talking about bad things happening. Well, not only that, but this is like extra national. They're in another country. They have yeah. no right to yeah. be there. Yeah. Hawk murders hawk someone. Hawk murders a dude. This is, straight this up. And then he just serious. like reaches in and like gangs. Pulls, his knife, he pulls out. his knife out. He's like, yep. Anyway. So then they leave. The three yeah. of them leave, and Hank sees them. Yeah. Um, Hank, who's just shitty at his job. Yeah, he's just terrible. He like just phones. Yeah, so he's he has just, a mobile phone. He has a cell phone. He there must. you go. Yeah. He, he must have a phone. Yeah. So he calls uh, Ben to say, oh, yeah. Uh, I fucked up. My job is, is yeah, done. Yeah, Cooper did Fire my job me. for me. Yep. They're then, coming back. Yeah. And then he gets uh, held up at gunpoint by Jean. Yes. And this is interesting because, because he reaches into Hank's jacket and pulls out his yes. ID, and it's Daryl Lodwick's yes. ID. That but that hangs. doesn't come back, does it? I don't think so. We'll have to watch for next episode. Yeah. I don't think so. But just, it maybe does explain why he doesn't kill Hank. Maybe. You wouldn't want to... Well, he's going to kill an FBI agent. What does he what Yeah, does he care? why does he care? Yeah. No, it doesn't weak. matter. Anyway, it's, it's it's strange. And it just kind of 
leaves leaves but, off but, there. But this, these scenes are very tense. Like, you really don't know what's happening. I mean, when he kills mm-hmm. Blackie, it's out of nowhere. And then he's shooting at, at Truman. And then they, they run into this guard. Like, this is a tense scene. Mm-hmm. And that tension transfers over to the final scene, which is right. Harold... Um, so, so Maddie's yeah. come in. She's trying to open the gun. Donna, <laughs> Donna's trying silently through the glass to explain and that it's around the, the thing. And, 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 then, and Maddie, then Harold comes out and scares Donna. Scares Donna. And then and, Maddie and, gets the shelf open and it makes a big clatter. And, and then Harold sees it. And then and he grabs a, a, a like one a of those digging tools. Yeah, like a, with the three prongs on yeah, it. Yeah, I was gonna I call it a trowel. It's not no, like it's, a rake almost. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like he's gonna go after Maddie. He's gonna kill her. Yeah, and so he Donna like chases Donna yeah. and like almost grabs her, and then her and Maddie are sh- shrieking in a corner. Yeah, and, and and he has his little his little speech about. Yeah. Uh, are you looking for secrets? Is that what all this is about? Well, maybe I can help you. Do you know what the ultimate? secret is you want to know Laura did secret of knowing who killed you all the tension in in the previous scene that's been built up really well really 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 even up to uh, uh, what's his name Harold coming into the to the room again. Right. And scaring Donna. Like, that's all really yeah. scary still. It, it, it yeah. is totally deflated by by Harold last, with like, this, shots, this yeah. rake thing. And the way that... Okay, so you can see that there's blood already on the, the ends of the, the tongue. And he's just there. wiping it onto and his he, face. And he yeah. scrapes it on his face so that the, the whatever that is, the fake blood, transfers to his face. He's not even touching his skin, basically. And he gives this, like, fake cry oh, out in hurt. pain and how hard this must be that he's scraping his face down with this gardening tool and Donna and Maddie are, are screaming and crying and it's just so not scary no and it's it's odd because like they have like the cameras tilted at this like oh, yeah. 33 degree angle it's it's did you really measure it? odd I did degree? I did it's exactly 33 Got your and, out. <laughs> I did and wow. uh and you- it's really awkward like it, it doesn't really it's like oh it's gonna be it feels like like a really bad beam horror movie at yeah, this point. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not... Like, Ed Wood is directing Yes, it. yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. And it doesn't fit with the rest of the episode. You're like, the rest of the episode was very well shot, I thought. Like, not, well, nothing amazing, been, it, but... It, it honestly would have been better if Harold hadn't cut himself with Yeah, with if the he was just thing. threatening her. The secret of who killed you is a is, is, a a, is enough of it's a, a line, line without yeah. that, that extra motion. That's what does it for me. That's yeah. what sends it over the no, top it's for true. me. It's so just not it's good. it's yeah, and it it just doesn't fit. No, it, no, it's a disappointing way to end the episode, yeah. for sure. But it does underline just how unwell Harold is. Yeah, how yeah. invested he is in this this situation that that he's in with with Donna. Yeah, um, and the, how yeah. the betrayal that he feels. Yeah, when he when he finds out that when he sees that Maddie is is got the book, he he kind of he deflates a little bit. Mm-hmm. He he's he's really hurt by by uh by Donna's betrayal here, and it's it is I think that part's well played. And then yeah, just this last like two shots I mean, are just like, not, not good. to blame the victim, but you did let Donna back in. She has not shown herself to be trustworthy. Yeah, no, it's true. it's true. It's just it, it's just it, such a bad plot. Yeah, it really, it really is. is, and and. and it, literally does nothing 
spoiler alert, for the rest of the season. No. Like, there's nothing that comes from this, really. No, and, and another spoiler alert. At the start of the next episode, James rushes in and, and saves the day. This is the one thing I do remember yeah. about the next episode. Uh, and it's it's very reminiscent. Like, Hawk saves the day, and then sure. James walks in. There's a lot of, like, third Not parties coming in. Not that you can really... And, and, and third parties who are male. yeah. Coming you to know, the rescue. With saving yeah. this, the, the intrepid, you know, detective duo. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and Trooper there's, and Donna like, and Maddie. Yeah, the parallels are all, like, really, really Trooper strong. Trooper and Daddy? Yeah, we'll go with that. Daddy. Trooper and Daddy. Daddy. I'd <laughs> ship it. Mana. <laughs> oh, I love that you... <laughs> Yeah, the yeah. lingo. Yeah, well, but yeah, no, I, but yeah, no, I, I, not not to get into a sexist view of things. You know, well, they, I mean, got they, someone who's going to come in and save the day when the the main character. I mean, James, in you know, James is following. Sure, him. Like, that's like when you pointed it out that yeah. time. I'm like, oh yeah, James did follow them. Like, but it's, it's almost better that there. that Hank or Hank. It's and almost Hawk. better that Hawk didn't. That we didn't know that he. No, was and, and that him. that's what made it so great. That's what made and, it better. This this episode, you're you're kind of. It, like, if you forgot about James, you'd be like, oh, my God, it's a good cliffhanger. Cause... Most of us have forgotten about James. Well, yeah. That's I often thing. think in the, when I watch this episode that, well, Nadine's got it best because she doesn't remember James at all. <laughs> if so... only we all could do that. Yeah, but no. no. Well, sorry all to our other aside... listener who does love James. We have one. Yeah, Aaron. Um, yeah, Aaron sorry. likes James a lot. Yeah. Well, Aaron appeared in our, our yes, show already. Yes, a few episodes ago. Yeah, but he's yeah. already discussed his love of James, so uh, sorry about that. But anyway, Yeah. <laughs> No redeeming qualities. No. No, he no. does have redeeming. We really should stop cutting yeah, him we, up. Yeah, James yeah. Marshall is a wonderful man. The actor who plays yes. James. Aren't you friends with him on Facebook? We now? are friends on Facebook. There He's a go. nice guy. <laughs> um, I'm not going to... No, gonna yeah, and it's just, yeah, yeah. Cut him up. We, yeah, he just... He, the character, he's, though, the character is not just not... <laughs> in the second season, especially. Yeah, yeah. so, but, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, that's so that, that's where we end off with this, this tense episode just totally just... Falling apart right at the very end. Um, but we'll see where it picks up. We know where it picks up. Aiden already spoiled it for yeah, you. Yeah. But uh, there's lots more that happens in the in the next couple of episodes, and mm-hmm. we will get to them in our next couple of episodes. Yes. Big Crying Peaks. So join us then. If you're enjoying the show and want to join the conversation, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash bickeringpeaks, all one word. You can also follow us on Twitter, that's at Bickering Peaks. Or you can head over to iTunes and leave us a review or a comment. We'd love to hear from you.